veteran, and his emotional support Canadian, screaming to the void about the Mormon Church. If you want to reach us, we are on Instagram at notsopeterpriestin, and you can email us at notsopeterpriestin at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. up all the technology oh so um i saw this tweet about charlie's angels from 2000 oh like yeah Tra- cameron diaz and drew barrymore Lucy and Lou Lucy and Lou. yeah which i always think of the destiny's child song that goes with it oh yeah anyway <laughs> uh, how did i not know i was gay anyway um so <laughs> i uh Apparently, the whole plot of that is that, like, they're trying to stop technology from tracking people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> and now, <laughs> as soon as I start my car, it tells me exactly how far away Starbucks is. Yeah. And That's my weird. phone tells me, oh, you're 32 miles from the gym. Oh, you're 32 miles from work. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two minutes, not miles. <laughs> that'd be, yeah. That'd be insane. That would um, be insane, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it tells yeah. me, like, my son's school, is, it'll take me this long to get to my son's school, but only mm. on the days that, like, he actually, ha- like, it knows. It knows. It's creepy. Oh, it knows the days? Mm-hmm. That is yeah, like, because... he, if I jump in the car on a Wednesday, it won't tell me how long to get to his school, because he doesn't have school. He's never had school on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very <laughs> weird. So it knows your schedule better than your little planners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Me and my planners, dude. Oh, my God. This week has been, no, seriously, have children so that you can never have a spare moment in your life ever again, ever. And the bigger they get, the more busier you get and the more involved in things you become. It's, it's awesome. I know. I feel like I haven't, like, talked talk to you in a while because you've been I know. so busy. <laughs> I know. I'm I, like. My dusty time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, opened Marco and I was like, when was the last time I was even in here? I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> So I just add Marcos and I'm like, you'll get this eventually. By the time you get this, it'll be like old news. I'll be like, oh, that was like so last week, Dusty. Come on, catch up. I know. I was listening to one yesterday and I was like, why is he driving to work? And it was like a Thursday. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the worst friend. No, you're just a good mom and you're busy. Oh my God, it's been insane. And this whole, like, oh, losing an hour of sleep, but it's actually lost, like, four hours of sleep because everybody's insane in this house. (laughs) I hate daylight savings. Like, just just get rid of it. Do you know why we even have it? It's because this man, he was, like, and, and, I don't know, studies bugs. He wanted more (laughs) hours during his work day to study bugs. (laughs) 
So some bug man ruined everybody's <laughs> lives? bug man ruined our lives, yeah. Because I looked it up. I was like, why do we do this? And that's what it started from, was this man was like... Oh, I always thought it was farmers. I thought so, too, but it has nothing to do with them. Let me. I'm going to Google it. You, I... This, I think even actually Patrick told me. What the fuck? So, I know. But like, I look outside and there's all this snow. What the fuck bugs are you studying, dude? Exactly. Snow bugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, I hate this it. This is what it was. Let's see if it has his name in it. I do enjoy it when it's in the fall and I get extra sleep, but <laughs> just that one more hour really darkness. is what I'm holding on for. Oh, well, yeah. let me open it. it's not in my country. All right, great. Some... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. Um, oh, this is a super long article that I don't care about. <laughs> They're telling you a whole backstory. Yeah. It's like when you want to get a recipe but it's like you have to read their entire oh, life yeah. story about how they were raised in Nantucket. And you're like, what? <laughs> why? When I was a little girl. <laughs> My granny. And I'm like, I don't Just give, give us the fucking recipe, Karen. No. just want the scalloped potatoes. Okay, Karen? Jesus. <laughs> it's always Karen. <laughs> <laughs> One of my, like, dear, 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 dear friends of our family growing up her name's Karen <laughs> and so her daughter's got like sweatshirts made that were like whatever Karen <laughs> I love it <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> uh, also no offense to any Karens listening like any... we love Karens <laughs> <sighs> well what are we talking about today uh Brace yourself, my friend. Oh. Um, so. I had nightmares last night. <laughs> so when I worked at Deseret Book, um, there was this lovely section called it was what was it? Oh, it was like intimacy section. <laughs> I want to say or something. Anyway, and I was and it was very very little, very small. I, was, <laughs> I can't oh, imagine there was a lot of like. Books about intimacy for Mormon. Oh, even saying it. <laughs> well, and it was also uh, lumped in there. Like lumped in there was like same-sex attraction. So anything oh. with, like, sexuality and stuff was like put into this section. It was like, basically probably like at the back, really uh, far away. Have, yeah, exactly. And um, <laughs> the cover turned, you know, because anyway. Um, I think there wasn't even a shelf. I'm trying to picture, because there's a Deseret book in Cardston. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, because I used to wander forever waiting for my parents. And, like, looked at every. I don't even think that there was, like, I think you had to, like, go into, like, the back room to get those books. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Cardston. No, like, we had, we had like... sex. <laughs> <laughs> Highest teen pregnancy rate and like. Western Canada, but yeah, nobody's having sex. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, yeah, they, it would be like in the back for sure, and I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, anytime anybody would purchase this book that we are going to talk about, it was always underneath like other books, like in a pile, 
And it was never, like, it was never like, here, I'm going to buy this book just once. Of course. And, it right? was, and if they were just buying that book itself, they put the cover down as if it's like, it's got two hands holding. Like, it's not like it's a scary, like, oh. it's not. Oh. But it was like pinky finger touchings. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so this we're going to talk about listeners. Um, and they were not ashamed. Strengthening marriage through sexual fulfillment. <laughs> So it's a sexual intimacy book for Mormons. (laughs) (laughs) And I got so fucking giddy when I thought about this because I was like, huh, that would be a fun one to cover. And by fun, I mean like not fun, but like also it's it's interesting. Hilarious. And I'm so into Dusty about it. She's like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no. No. <laughs> I think someone gave my sister this book when her and her husband were like having like mm-hmm. problems, mm-hmm. not sexual problems. Like he but was like cheating that. on her with a teenager. But yeah, anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody gave it. I think I've seen it before. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. She's not gonna hear this. My uh, so. <laughs> Funny story. <laughs> I was a grown ass man in my 30s helping my sister clean her bedroom for some stupid reason. She asked me to like dust her bedroom. I'm like, anyway, so because we were having like people over and I was like, why people aren't going to have people aren't going to go in your bedroom, hon. But she's like, anyway, she told me to go dust her bedroom. So I find uh, that I I try to not go near the nightstand as much as possible because I don't want to know. Mm-mm. I don't want to know. Mm-mm. And I, I knew. I done been new because I found out that they have a copy of this book shoved under their nightstand. Under their nightstand. Like, put it in a drawer, bitch. Yeah. And I was like, I don't. Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. No. Don't want to know. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you were, like, looking into that and that you're trying to. Like, but I also just mm-mm. Mm-mm. don't want to know. Mm-mm. Uh, Mm-mm. friends, this is also the the sister who told me. <laughs> she asked me all about gay sex. <laughs> She's also oh. a nurse. <laughs> oh, no. She asked me how the you know the technical things like how does it work? What is what goes where? And I'm telling her, and I'm just like she could figure that out on her own. Yeah, I'm like, um, there's holes, and you you know. Like, <laughs> And it's not a strictly gay thing. Anal sex no, no. Gay. I so. know plenty of couples. Who, um, there's a... <laughs> <laughs> we have, like, an influencer friend here that does, like, polls all the time. And he asked, like, how many people have, like, experimented with it. And it was, like, a, a large amount of his followers were like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not just a gay thing. Yeah. I mean, some people... <laughs> I've seen some things where it's like, uh, anal sex is gay appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you can't get pregnant from it. So true. I mean, it's not Did an you, armpit. <laughs> not an armpit. Do you remember there was an SNL skit where like friends come over to a party, like a house party, and they're like announcing that they're pregnant, but like her butt's really big, <laughs> no. and they're like, "How?" And she's like, "Well, we didn't do it the you know the normal way, the typical way." <laughs> they oh, were God. having anal sex. It's so stupid. <laughs> But I always think of that at any time anybody freaks out like that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, when I'm telling my sister about this, and she's like, 
oh, oh, you know, and I'm just like, I didn't go into detail, obviously, but I'm yeah. just, it's very obvious. Like, there's not much, yeah. I mean, there's a hole, and then you put the penis in there, and you just, <laughs> you know, oh, it's not that hard. It's not that difficult to understand, so, especially for a nurse, you're in medical <laughs> background. So, <laughs> like, how many patients has she seen that, like, slipped and fell on something? Did nope. she think they slipped and fell? <laughs> slipped and fell on a dick? What? <laughs> <laughs> so, was, oh, God. Oh, um, thank God your dick broke my fall. <laughs> I'm so clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we're off to a great start. So, um, I'm crying. She also told me, like, after that, she's like, you can tell me about your dating life, but just don't tell me any icky stuff, quote unquote. Icky like, stuff. I'm like, icky stuff? Like, you're a grown-ass woman, and you're calling sex <laughs> icky stuff. Thank you. As her also, children that were created from are walking around. Stuff. That's the icky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't ask you about your icky stuff. <laughs> but no. Because I don't want to know. It's forced upon me when I'm dusting your room and I find out that you have sexual intimacy problems. Uh, anyway, whatever. Oh, I'm dying. Anyway. <laughs> so this book is written by Laura Laura Mason Brotherson, CFLE. That stands for. Do you know? I probably should have looked probably that up. Like Child Family. Group. Counselor, yeah, family, family, something. Yeah. Oh, I think it even says it. Is a marriage and family life educator certified by the National Council on Family Relations. Uh, she has a bachelor's degree in family sciences from Brigham Young University. <laughs> of course uh, she does. <laughs> she developed and taught a course on strengthening marriage that beca- has become this book. Um, as a family life educator, Laura continues to strengthen marriages and families and is a frequent guest on a talk radio show about Marital intimacy. It doesn't say what. Anyway, and by publishing. Well, we know it's not Dr. Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, by publishing a free electronic newsletter entitled Straight Talk About Strengthening Marriage. Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, She's also a regular columnist for Meridian Magazine. Uh, she plans to obtain degrees in marriage and family therapy to become a marriage counselor and a certified sex therapist, where she will fulfill an important role in helping couples to improve emotional, spiritual, and physical intimacy within a gospel framework. But um, uh, she also plans to write additional books on overcoming depression, on motherhood, and on gospel topics, which is, you know, it's good. Yeah, um, I don't think she's necessarily the problem. I think it's the gospel's framework that's the problem. Well, that's what we're going to get into. So uh, <laughs> Laura has served as Relief Society President, Young Women President, Marriage and Family Relations Instructor, and currently teaches gospel doctrine. This is old, so she's probably not any of those things anymore. Uh, she's delighted to have become an American citizen. Wait, where is she from? Figured. Maybe she's Canadian. <gasps> Maybe. <laughs> uh, Damn Canadians taking all your jobs. Weird, I know. <laughs> uh, she came down here to tell the Americans how to have sexual intimacy. Uh, Righteous in sexual intimacy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, her commitment to the gospel of Jesus Christ is evident in her passion to build God's kingdom by strengthening marriages and families. Laura and her husband, Kevin, are the parents of three children. 
Kevin. That's, I know. <laughs> Squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> um, and it has a picture of them. And she, like, she's a very typical Mormon mother. You know, like, she's just very blonde and she's got a great yeah. smile. Wide, but, like, and then her husband. Oh, all right. She done good. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also just like, um, did you marry, like, younger? Because he looks a lot younger than her. Anyway. Oh, whatever. really? But good on her. Get it. Good, Get it, yeah. <laughs> Get them while they're younger and train them upright. <laughs> Came out way wrong. <laughs> we met in our 20s. It's fine. It was I'm not that bad of a cradle robber. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I'm just going to let that one hang there for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we got married when he was 24 and I was 27. It's fine. <laughs> wow. And we were babies. I think that's how my parents were. There's like three years between them. Yeah. My mom and being the older one. My idea was I was married to my ex for like three years. So I didn't get to grow up for those three years. So I had to go back and like. Ah, yeah. So we're actually the same age. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Uh, So we won't go through the whole book. We're probably actually going (laughs) to, if we decide to, um, this might have to be like a a series type thing. (laughs) We'll just revisit it anytime we need to traumatize someone. (laughs) Yeah, because it's 300 and mm, 340 pages of, oh, that's the appendix. Uh, yeah, it's like 340 pages worth of this. So Yeah, so it's like a four <laughs> hours worth of reading for me. <laughs> yeah, for, I was going to say, well, <laughs> I don't know if you'd, you'd The subject matter, I would not read it that quickly. Nope, <laughs> you can't be like, no. Nope, I got to take a break. <laughs> so the introduction is all about um, sex isn't bad and uh, it's okay to be sexually dissatisfied and... Um, <laughs> it literally that's the first uh little um sex isn't bad cool yeah. good book all right i'm done <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's all you need to know uh and then also uh dangers of sexual dissatisfaction and god <laughs> intends sexual fulfillment in marriage those are the little subcontent anyway we're not gonna vote those ones for but... the man or for the woman is what i'd like to know because <laughs> We're going to get to that. Um, so the, <laughs> let's see. One thing straight up, straight out the gate. Uh, that's a problem here is that it's talking about straight heterosexual yeah. uh, intimacy. So, yeah. um, and here you are, here she is like a therapist. And so and she's completely ignoring other types of intimacy. And um, which is, I mean, I get it. She's in a, the framework that she's working with yeah it's fine but at the same time like i've seen like working at barnes and noble there was this <laughs> massive book that had like over a thousand pages of like everything you need to know about sex like and oh yeah different and like it wasn't just about straight sex it talked about uh lesbian sex gay sex uh having threesomes orgies whatever you know like it had all the things all the things very um, educational, I would imagine. I was tra- I traumatized one of my coworkers with it, but it's just like I'm doing now. <laughs> ah. <Yay. laughs> uh, anyway, so chapter one is the good girl syndrome. 
Oh no, I hate it so much. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Blah. <laughs> Uh, it starts off with these little, like, uh, I guess, anecdotes of... Okay, sixth, Janet was dirty, immoral, and wrong, something she'd been not taught not to do. She wondered about the appropriateness of sexual relations even within marriage. Sex was okay if she and her husband were trying to have a baby, but any, quote-unquote, extracurricular or recreational sex for pleasure felt dirty and unrighteous. <laughs> Okay, there's another one. An LDS bishop and his wife went to see a marriage counselor because their marriage was falling apart. Quote, sex had been a disaster from the beginning of their marriage. What made it worse was the husband felt that good Latter-day Saints shouldn't have such problems. He believed that anyone should have a model marriage. The bishop... Oh, I messed up that. He believed that if anyone should have a model marriage, the bishop and his wife should. In fact, virtually everyone in the ward assumed that they were the perfect couple, and he felt very both hypocritical and a little bitter that the image was false. The bishop said to the counselor, show me the justice of it. We keep all of the commandments. We pay a full tithe and a lot more. I keep, we keep the word of wisdom. We were chased before our marriage and have been faithful since. Neither of us has ever refused to call. We attend the temple regularly. We try to be missionaries to our neighbors. And despite all of this, we are miserably unhappy with each other and have a lousy sex life. That's not the way it's supposed to work out. Could it be that your entire life you were told that it was naughty and only for having babies? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Um, so she talks about the good the good girl syndrome, um, which I I guarantee That like makes me icky doubt for some reason. <laughs> yeah, the the title the naming of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see, the good girl. She does say the good girl syndrome does affect men, but it is generally more prevalent and pronounced in women. For this reason, I refer to it as the good girl syndrome. That's the binary. So that's fun. I love that. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> just ignoring that men, I mean, she at least acknowledges it, but men go through this too. Um, so. Yeah, at least she's attempting. I don't know. Like. Even, like, smutty books, when, like, the male character calls, like, the female good girl, I'm like, don't do that. Ew, don't do yeah. that. <laughs> not my kink. No <laughs> kink shaming. It's just not mine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, let's see. For each couple who enter marriage expecting bliss and joy, it is a shock and a disappointment to encounter frustrations and problems with sexual intimacy that leave each of them feeling hurt and misunderstood. There's an unnamed factor that has a powerful influence on the challenges couples face regarding sexual intimacy in marriage. I call this factor the good girl syndrome. Ugh. It is the significant impact of the negative sexual conditioning the, uh, sexual conditioning that many receive, especially women, regarding their own bodies and the purposes of sexuality. The good girl syndrome refers to the deeply internalized feelings and attitudes that rigidly emphasize only the negatives associated with sexuality. When such negative ad attitudes and beliefs Hardened and persistent in marriage, they affect the ability of husbands and wives to express and enjoy sexual fulfillment in marriage. Uh, the good girl syndrome may be the great underlying and underestimated cause of sexual dissatisfaction in marriage. That's like, only if you're... Imagine, <laughs> like, imagine something from the church that's drilled into your head that you're then just supposed to, a flip of a switch, disregard. Imagine that that's going to cause problems later on in life. Like, that's just shocking to me. Yeah, so stunning. I mean, that's sarcastically. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I uh, a whole fucking chapter about this, like about like 
and I get it. I, I'm glad that she's pointing out that it's conditioning and that it's mm-hmm. like we're seeing that it's because of we're told exactly like you said, we're told drilled into our heads that sex is bad, sex is bad. And then all of a sudden overnight, like literally that night, you're supposed to just be like, oh, I'm sex a, is the greatest thing a ever. sex kitten and I can do whatever, yeah. you know, like I just. I and just, I've never been told the mechanics of it other than like in like sex ed class. So I have no knowledge about how things are supposed to happen, but you're just supposed to figure it out. Unless you or have a parent who, like, feel. yeah, unless you have a parent who's, like, open, which I did not. Like, uh-huh. it's terrifying. Most Mormon, Mormon parents aren't going to be very open about it. And I, um, like, I never got the sex talk, ever. Um, the most I got was from school. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was not even, and, you know, my education was, from the internet, which, mm-hmm. you know, is pretty much everybody's, I think, but. Yeah. <sighs> I remember my mom having one single talk with me when I was like, I uh, like 13. Mm-hmm. And kind of, and just very like scientifically explaining the facts of it to me. And that was it. There was no, like, it's a beautiful thing between a husband and wife. Not even that. It wasn't even like, because your dad and I love, any, love each other. It was none of that. It was very scientific, very. Mm. like med- medic- medicinal type mm-hmm. situation it wasn't yeah it didn't sound like a, a nice thing yeah Ugh. Ugh. and i know uh at least katie and sarah have mentioned this a lot on their podcast um not somali mormon but they um they talk about that a lot about like the sexual shame that you have um and that it's taken it takes a long time to get over that as an ex-mormon to even like to when because suddenly you're uh not suddenly but like you realize that like oh i can do this without feeling bad about it and then um but that's not you can't just get rid of that no even at 37 years old being with my husband for i don't even know how long we've been together like 13 years or something um even now i'll still have these moments of like i'm an awful person like just for just for enjoying having time with my husband. It's yeah. weird. It's so it's still that like and it's not often. It's usually if I'm like already dealing with like depression stuff anyways that it like kind of yeah. spirals in my head. But it still has come up where I've been like, Oh, oh I don't yeah. like this. Right? Yeah. That feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well and coming from like the the gay perspective of like the hookup culture in the gay community is very prevalent and um yeah. I mean, I had my time. I had my whole phase. Um, <laughs> we all did. It was great. It was great. <laughs> I still even, like, I'll have guilt for that situation, too, where I'm like, yes, oh, I, I didn't save myself for Patrick. Well, then my quote-unquote whole phase would probably be very tame compared to other people. Like, yeah. when I say whole phase, it's whole phase, like, comparative, like, relatively. Your whole phase. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and I, I still, like, hookups just don't. Like, I'm just, I don't, uh, yeah. yeah, like, I just, I, I don't want, I know what it does to me mentally, so I just, I don't want to go there. Yeah. It was <laughs> fun in my 20s when I was, like, a hot mess anyway, so yeah. everything was, like, not great, but, like, yeah. I mean, obviously now I'm in a committed relationship, but even just, like, I've changed as a person, and it's just not mm-hmm. attractive, like, at all, to even yeah. think about, like, having a hall pass, uh <laughs> Sounds Unless like a lot of work. Unless it's Jared's. No, I think he's probably not the greatest to want to hook up with. 
<laughs> Jared Leto, 2003, maybe. That one, yes, yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So something I found that she was interesting that she quoted this guy, Dr. James Dobson, Christian leader and president of Focus on the Family. I don't know if you've heard of them, um, yeah. but they are. Is it the? They're like a big. Is it a church? No, I think it's like a like an organization that yeah. like creates literature and yeah, that's right. stuff. I think. Yeah. I think I could be wrong. I know that they're big in Colorado Springs, so I think that's one of their like headquarter type places. Like that's they just have a lot of stuff going on there, and so yeah. Yeah. and it, there's a lot of a lot of people that are fucked up because of it. <laughs> and okay. I met a lot of the gay men that were fucked up because of it. So. Um, Anyway, so she quotes him. She says, he identified the problems associated with the good girl syndrome. He says, adult attitudes towards sexual relations are largely conditioned during childhood and adolescence. Huh. Good job. Thank you. There's, I mean, it's almost like we're forming our minds and our attachments and our, um, you know, our bonds yeah. and like figuring out the world. <laughs> so yeah, we're very like we're creating and, those. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird that that would fuck us up. We're on hmm. pathways and yeah. Uh, it is surprising to observe how many otherwise well-adjusted people still think of married sex as dirty, animalistic, or evil. Such a person who has been taught a one-sided negative approach to sex during the formative years may find it impossible to release these, don't say release, release <laughs> these carefully constructed inhibi- inhibitions on the wedding night. The marriage ceremony is simply insufficient to reorient one's attitude from thou shalt not to thou shalt regularly and with great passion. That mental turnabout is not easily achieved. See, this is what I hate about the whole situation. Like, (laughs) there's no, it is like zero to 60 all the time. Like, I, 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 yeah, it's like, and he, I mean, he says it right, but it also, I hate his words that he used, but, um, yeah. <laughs> it is like when you're raised in a high demand religion, it's hard to go from, like you said, zero to suddenly 60. So, yeah. And there's no, there's no conversation with, as far as I know, with men about like, maybe a woman can't go from zero to 60. Like you might have to put some like gas in the tank first. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh. Wow. I, I don't. I like that analogy, but also I'm just like I don't. You hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't think that men are just like ready to go right off. Like I feel like there's men out there that would like a little romancing first. You know, yeah. a little. Maybe some dinner, you know, right? Like, <laughs> dinner first. <laughs> take me to dinner first. <laughs> uh, Gas in the tank. Oh, my God. Did I actually say that? Wow. It <sighs> happened, and it's recorded, and it's going out into the world. It'll um, be on the internet forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. She talks about sexual conditioning from parents, so... Uh, let's see. There was a lot of... Okay. In an effort to encourage premarital chastity, parents may send condemning messages about the body and its sexual functions. Instead of teaching that the body, all of it, 
All of it, as well as sexual relations and marriage, are good gifts from God. Parents send messages like, you shouldn't touch your body, your body is dirty, or sex is bad, or sinful. When parents focus only on premarital chastity and forget about preparing their children for the joys of sexual fulfillment in marriage, their message is skewed to the negative, with mostly warnings and consequences, rather than filled with the blessings and godly purposes of sex. So she nails it, yeah. If you tell somebody that your body, making your body feels good is bad, mm-hmm. you can't suddenly be like, oh, by the way, that feeling that we told you was bad for 20-odd years is now actually yeah. what you're looking for. Like, like it's so fucked up. <laughs> So fucked up. So fucked up. But the um, but then you think about it, like that's coming. The parents are getting that messaging from the church, so it all comes back to that. Like it's that all. And that's how they were raised too. They were told, "Don't touch your tallywhacker." (laughs) (laughs) Tallywhackers. The digression we want to go down just real quick listeners um so dusty sent me this meme talking about there should be a men's version of hooters called woodpeckers, woodpeckers. yeah and they were very sweatpants yeah <laughs> for reasons you know um and we're okay with these um <laughs> and i was like well there already is a male version but it's called tallywhackers and so i and i sent her screenshots and everything so it was, it was a good time it's yeah. a good time. And now that's the thing that she knows, and it lives rent free in her brain. Forever. And, and, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> it lives in my brain, too. It's fine. <laughs> For different reasons. It's fine. <laughs> different reasons. I think it's the same reason, Dusty. I don't know. <laughs> Their little bitty shorts made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, <sighs> it's okay to objectify men, too. It's fine. Um, 100%. 100%. <laughs> uh, let's see. The, the challenge parents face is to communicate love to, to the child while discouraging certain behaviors. Parents' reactions generally have more to do with their own sexual issues than with the child's behavior. Mm-hmm. Parents, unaware of their own negative conditioning, can frustrate their impressionable children who are building their own sexual identity and beliefs. It's, so, it's, it's talking about it like this is like talking about teaching my dog not to chase squirrels. Yeah. Like, leave Kevin alone, stop chasing the damn squirrels. And then <laughs> one day being like, just kidding, kill all the squirrels. Kill them. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Poor Kevin. <laughs> oh. Uh, did we explain that to the listeners? They're probably like, who's Kevin? Who the fuck's Kevin? Oh, <laughs> probably not. Um, squirrels in my family are named Kevins because when my nephews were living with my parents, there was a squirrel that like lived above their house and they just named him Kevin. But now all squirrels are Kevin. (laughs) It's not that funny of a story, but it's kind of funny. (laughs) You had to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Or you have to be in my house when I'm yelling at Kevin to get out of the bird feeder. (laughs) (sighs) Let's see. So... She also goes into sexual conditioning from the church. Uh, weird. <laughs> uh, when teaching chastity or sexual abstinence, the message is often good girls don't. This is true prior to marriage. However, the message should also be that once married, good girls do. Oh. And that's in like ca- all caps. Good girls do. Oh. Uh, perhaps youth leaders at times have gone too far in trying to prevent mar- premarital sexual relations to the point that some young women come to believe good girls never do. Young women must be taught correctly so that they can enjoy sexual relations within marriage and still consider themselves good girls. 
Or just get somebody that's like a, has a daddy kink. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. So she goes into modesty, of course. Um, modesty Talking. is an area of particular concern for young women in the development of negative sexual attitudes. Young women may be taught, you have no idea what it is to be to a boy if you were immodest. Ugh. Some young women, well, not all boys, okay, come on. I was going to say, I don't think you have ever noticed if a girl had her midriff showing, have you? No, I'm like, oh, cute. Unless she had, like, a really great, like, six-pack or something. Oh, yeah, good. Good job. Good job, girl. Good girl. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, So off the rails. Some young women come to feel more responsible for the the behavior of the young men they associate with than to God and themselves to be modest. Uh, We've talked about that before. The words, Mm -hmm. yeah. All my fault because I was wearing shorts that didn't come to my kneecaps. (sighs) It's fine. Everything's fine. You ready for this one? No. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, and I'm not. <laughs> In gospel teachings, we often refer to the commandment Adam and Eve received to cleave unto each other and become one flesh. Uh, becoming <laughs> one, one flesh is rarely emphasized as being a God-given commandment to have sexual relations within marriage. The next verse is often ignored altogether, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Thus the title <laughs> Applying the relationship, sexual, sexual relations within marriage were never intended to cause feelings of shame, guilt, disgust, or embarrassment. So they never were intended to, but then why do they teach it in church? Yeah, why do they teach us that we're horrible, animalistic beings that need to be mm-hmm. <laughs> going real kinky? <laughs> we need to be punished. For... <laughs> I need to not ever read a smutty book ever again. Thriller is forever. <laughs> Which even then, sometimes they have, like, sex scenes in those thrillers, and you're like... True. "Mm -hmm." True. Mm -hmm." Yeah. No. That was a little weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Or they're just like, (laughs) and then they fell into each other, and then you just have to, like, imagine it, and it's like, okay, I'm I'm okay with just imagining it, but almost... I'm completely fine with fade to black scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Clean romance, fade to black, I'm I'm good with it. When it's... (laughs) You know my feelings on reverse harem. There's too many things going into too many places that we can't keep track. <laughs> so, <laughs> side note on that, I found this series that's a reverse harem, and I was like, at first I was like, oh, those covers are cool. Those are really cool. So I added them to my to be read, and then I was like, just for just solely on the covers and like that. Like yeah, they're pretty covers. Why not, right? And so I looked into them after, and I was like, oh no, no, no. Well, no, no. Delete, 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 delete. I, was like, I don't want no, because apparently each she was trying to run away from her harem, oh, and they were trying no. to capture her. And I, I don't and, like that. No, no. Yeah. I if you want multiple objects inserted into multiple places in your body, and you're fully legal age and consenting, yeah. give her, go for it. Give but her. when it's give her the Canadian thing. <laughs> Have you never heard me say that before? I don't know, but I feel weird about that. <laughs> give her? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
play as Nintendo. I'll be like, yeah, give her. <laughs> in the context, Dusty. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought about it. I just heard it. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Receiver, it's time. Oh, oh well, this Sorry, everyone. This is where this was going to go. I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that I discovered. You didn't realize that you were talking to me and I have many problems. <laughs> oh. I, oh, I, God. All of a sudden. Okay. It's warm in here. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, end of story being no kink shaming. <laughs> Do what you want to do as long as everybody's of legal age and fully consenting with a vigorous and always a yes. <laughs> a vigorous and vigorous. continuous yes. Stop. <laughs> vigorous. <laughs> oh, and you, and you thought you were going to, like, <laughs> scar me for life. Welcome. Welcome. I like to flip Jay. things around. <laughs> Turns a tabled. All right. <laughs> uh, I'm the giver. That's just that's gonna live here and free in my brain. For you're gonna second. notice I say it all the time now, and you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, no, 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 no." <laughs> I'm gonna get a feeling in my stomach every time. Anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Mm. Christian author. <laughs> I can't even go in. Christian author Joe Beam expressed his frustration with the negative teaching of Christian parents and church leaders. We're weary of dealing with young women who were taught for years, sex is bad, sex is bad, sex is bad. And then later, oh, you're getting married tomorrow, then sex is good. You can't do a life of teaching. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just imagining this bishop being like, go have sex with your husband. It's fine. Stop being a crybaby about it. <laughs> When it's their fault her entire life, she's been told, don't you have sex? No sex for you. Like, yeah. of course, we're frustrated with it. Well, it's your own fucking fault. Yeah. God. <sighs> Let's see. You, <laughs> you can't undo a life of teaching in a couple of days, weeks, or months. We see too many young women, especially from Christian homes, who've been given such conflicting information about sex from their parents and church that they enter marriage with conflicting emotions about the sexual union they're about to have with their husbands. They want to enjoy lovemaking, but feel somehow that they're doing something wrong, something shameful. And I, okay, so I just, I just want to point out, she keeps pointing out that, and I, I get it, women are all, definitely, they take the brunt of, like, the, the, oh, God, I can't even. <laughs> they, oh, sorry, we should go on video. <laughs> <laughs> And my face cannot. <laughs> did I think that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did. Very loud and clear. Um, so <laughs> yes, women take the brunt of it. So women take the brunt of the like modesty culture and like this, yeah they do uh, all that um impurity culture and i get it but like this whole thing is just like i'm not saying that men like it has I, to be confusing to a young man who in your situation is being told like to avoid these 
scantily clad women. And you're like, but I don't have any of that. Like, it's got to be confusing to be like, we know that you're, you know, really want to like get in there and give her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's confusing messaging because not every young man in their class is going to be like, yeah, I saw chastity's ankles and woohoo. I should name her Chastity. I, I don't know. <laughs> I did know a Chastity. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> yeah. She uh, was, ca- she was ca- no slut shaming, but she. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> she did not live up to her name. That's did not said. live up to her name. Her parents should not have named her that. It's <laughs> very ironic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. Um. It was very confusing, and I. This also assumes that all boys have the same sex drive, too. Yeah. Because there are asexual boys that just don't have that. They just don't. Like, we're just discounting people that just don't want sex at all. Like, they're just. um, Yeah. And also not to mention the sexuality of it. Like, I'd rather. I'm having thoughts about the boy sitting next to me, not about the girl that. Like, is in my, like, I'm actually having girl talk with the, like. Right, yeah. And I preferred my Sunday school classes over my priesthood classes because there were girls in there and I felt more comfortable and more safe. Whereas when I was with a bunch of men, it was, and boys, it was like, oh, I feel weird. Uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. And it's messaging to women, too. Like, you're putting yourself on display for these men. And there's a girl who's like, I don't give a shit if Billy's looking at me. I want to go swimming with Britney or whatever right yeah. like mm-hmm. it's it's a con- it's not fair mm-hmm. yeah the binary dialogue is very unfair to a very broad spe- spectrum of people and mm-hmm. I think that's problematic I mean there's <laughs> it's all problematic yeah <laughs> <laughs> but when we're not having these conversations with children about all of the feelings they might experience then we're neglecting a lot of their development and it's going to cause a lot of confusion in the long run yeah um so she gives steps on how to challenge the good girl syndrome um (laughs) 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 So, (laughs) so creating awareness step one to overcome the good girl syndrome, become aware of your own negative sexual conditioning. Quiet reflection, uh, transformation follows introspection. Quietly reflect on what you think about sex. Be completely honest with yourself. I'm sorry, but I... After 20 years of no, 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 now all of a sudden, okay, start to explore how you, like... Doesn't work. Well, and how much exploring can you actually do, like in a monogamous relationship? I mean, you can, but like I'm just, I'm saying, like when it's just your first partner and your only partner, there's and you're not allowed to touch yourself to see how you would even necessarily experience teach your partner how to pleasure you. Like I just, I there's, uh, yeah, and you're not supposed to do that because even in a marriage, like because you're supposed to. Just only, only with your husband or wife. Like you can't, you can't experience that. Just like you can't watch a porn together and learn something because that's yeah. not appropriate either. Like it's just so, it's just so limiting and it's so close-minded that, again, 
somebody's kink is not somebody else's kink. We're all built differently. We all have different like pleasure yeah. zones or whatever, right? Like it's not one size does not fit all. <laughs> it's, I'm sorry, I didn't know how else to say it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you can't say, you know, just because Chad and Brittany like missionary style on Thursday nights, that doesn't mean that's going to work for, you know, chastity and Billy. Like, <laughs> I love the names that you're choosing here. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like really like white straight people. Names. <laughs> Sorry. She also goes into sexual conditioning from society and, of course, talks about um, television programs, videos, the Internet, books, magazines, movies, and music are filled with lust-driven sex. <gasps> Satan has 24, hours, oh, 24 hour access to our hearts and minds through society's swamp of sexual sensualization. I'm like, ooh, all right, tell me more. Uh, sex is everywhere in society, but at home or at church, discussion of it is often taboo. It's a forbidden subject, which she's right, but like... yeah. But also, like the big bad internet, the big bad media, they're just—they're <laughs> mm, no. so—they're—they're they're so naughty. But also, there's something to be said about being able to choose a partner based on compatibility rather than because your hormones are screaming at you and you have to get married because that's what you've been told your entire life is your next step, right? Yeah. Like, there's something really, there's something really beautiful. About like my my husband and I who've been together for a long time we still we still have those not often (laughs) because we have small (laughs) children but we'll get caught up in that passion of like we still have that craving for each other because we care about each other's you know rather than if I would have stayed you know. (laughs) Just enjoyment and fulfillment and, you know, you know, know. that thing. That's like the the Seinfeld episode where she's like, what does she say? Um, Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever she says. Exactly. (laughs) I mentioned the bisque. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, it's a really, it's a, it's a really cool part of a monogamous committed relationship where we still care about each other in that way that we still want to make each other feel and it's not it's not that lustful like we have to have each other now because we finally are allowed to have sex like we slept together obviously before we lived together before we got married so it's a different kind of relationship when you actually are basing it upon like I actually like this person as a person and then having that sexual component as well rather than like this is the first guy I'm going to get to have sex with and we, we're going to go to the temple and then trying to make it work after I don't know if that's making sense what I'm trying to say No, and I, <laughs> so this is such a weird there's such a weird vibe when you go to a Mormon reception mm-hmm. <laughs> you know they're just waiting to get out of there so they can go bang either that or they've already banged in like, just, yeah, like in the, the back classroom of the, yeah, or something, exactly. you know, and then you're just like, Ugh. and there's like, it's just, which is fine, but it's also like, I mean, good for you, but yeah. like, 
obviously they're driven by their hormones and well there's nothing wrong with that but like you said there's not and it's but there it's needs more to be more to a marriage mm -hmm. yeah yeah and when it's but then they also uh veil it with like oh we found our partner for eternal eternal life and blah 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 we're gonna go to the temple and we're gonna everything's gonna be and there's also this fairy tale that they're selling that like everything's going to be great after you get married in the temple and that you're going to have this person with you for eternities but then it's like how daunting is that like oh, to be horrible. like yeah i'm because, i don't like, even my... I necessarily like you i just know that i want to fuck you you know like that's like, right yeah like with my situation it went from from getting so we were married civilly and things mm -hmm. were very like you know that first year of marriage is crazy you're trying to figure each other out and you're trying any relationship when you're yeah. actually with the person is crazy. Yeah. You're trying to like figure each other out. You haven't seen each other through each season yet. And then once we were sealed, things changed because now I could not get away. And that's when like it got really, really abusive because I was his forever. Yeah. You know, like he was on good behavior for that first year. And then once I was his, it was and... yeah and I feel like that happens in the church to a lot of women where they have this wonderful young man who loves them so much is going to take them to the temple and they have their beautiful white dress and everything's perfect and they make these commitments and then he likes to slap her around in the bedroom and she has not consented to that again not king shaming if you like that sort of thing but it needs to be consensual yeah well and um that makes me think of like Where's he learning about slapping her around, you know? And also this opens up the door to uh, groomers and uh, what is what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, abusers, obviously, but like people that are willing, that want to lord themselves over somebody else and make them feel inferior. And that's, <laughs> I mean, talking about king shaming, BDSM, you know, that's a thing. But and and it's a beautiful if you actually look into what it is. It's a, yeah, it is. yeah. It's not it's not being humiliated. It's fulfilling the submissive's fantasy. Yeah, that's the uh, dominant you, job. Yeah, it's not beating so them to get off. It's on. actually yeah. a very uh, contractual relationship that's um, yeah. that's not meant to be. And I think it gets a lot of that rap of it's kind of abusive, but it's it's yeah. not meant to be abusive. Like I was just watching the um, documentary on Army Hammer and they talk about oh, yeah. BDSM and they actually bring somebody who is like an expert on BDSM. And she's saying how the dominant is not, it's not their fantasy to dominate somebody. It's the submissive's fantasy to be dominated. So it has nothing to do. So these men that are like, oh, I'm dominant. I'm going to smack my bitch around. Ugh. That's not what it's about. That's not BDSM. That's just being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chad, punch a Kyle, punching a uh, hole in the wall because he's yeah. so hormonal and like wants and to, doesn't know, know how to just... regulate his emotions and talk about things with his big boy words. Ah! Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. yeah. Shocking, <laughs> shocking, shocking. Considering that my six-year-old can come to me and say, "I am very angry at my brother right now, and I need to leave this room." <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Starts, so it, it starts young. <laughs> they words. Yes. Uh, so, 
I guess I didn't give all the steps. Let's see. Step oh, two. Yeah, there's more. Dig deep. <laughs> dig deep into the heart of the matter. Um. Oh my goodness. There's a. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, so <laughs> commit to writing your thoughts and feelings about sex. Use your left hand or non-dominant hand to do this writing. Though this concept may be new to you, it is a common practice among therapists. Okay. The idea behind writing with your non-dominant hand is that it allows greater access to your core beliefs and truest emotions, bypassing the culturally conditioned filter of the intellect. And then Lucia Capaccioni's book, The Power of Your Other Hand, (laughs) described how this tool of self-revelation works. Um, (laughs) Which I never heard about this, but I was just like, the power of your other hand? I just... You know that thing where they talk about, like, um, the stranger? Is it when you, like, get your hand numb? Get your hand <laughs> And then you masturbate, and it feels like you're, it's not you doing it? Yeah. That's what I think of. So, um, yes, but write down your thoughts with your other hand. Left. Which I'm left-handed, so that's, that is, that is anti-left-handed. You're, use your left hand. Rude. <laughs> uh, let's see. Step three: share this writing with your spouse. Like she goes on about like what? To, what do I think about sex? How do I feel about it? Like actually write these things down with your non-dominant hand, of course, and then share it with you your spouse. Never read it again. <laughs> read it to him, or let him read it himself. And then, and then read to Chad that your idea of sex is this beautiful joining of you and your husband and Chad, who's a fucking snap show is like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh. That sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you just described my sister's marriage. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> cons- step four, consider visiting with the counselor. Oh, weird. Like therapy mm-hmm. would actually mm, like work. a non-biased third party. That's so strange. <laughs> huh? I wish I thought of that about that. Um, all right. So <laughs> this is, we're definitely going to, because we haven't even, girl, this is. I like, don't like 10 pages. Close chapter one. <laughs> this will have to be a series for yeah. sure, because this is way too entertaining for me. Endless, endless content here. <laughs> so listeners, this will happen up, and this will pop up. <laughs> <Again. laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, no, we just lost all our following because they're like, okay, <laughs> these two children should not have a podcast. <laughs> uh, who gave them a podcast? <laughs> we did Take it ourselves. No. <laughs> this is how I I don't go crazier. <laughs> <laughs> crazier. <laughs> we already know I'm a little bit cracked, but it's fine. <laughs> Um, so do we want to keep going, or do we want to... <laughs> what do you think? I've... Yeah, give her! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I, like I can't stop time. using it now. Like, I say it all the time anyways, but now it's, like, even funnier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, alright, so... Take her out for a rip. <laughs> it's fine. Have you never heard go out for a rip? Just like go out and drive around. 
Uh, you Canadians. I know. We have our whole own language up here. It's very strange. <laughs> uh, okay, so this chapter two, we'll just, it's pretty short, so we can go through it. But, uh, okay. Is the sanctity of sexual relations in marriage building a foundation of faith? Oh. Uh, of course, she gives a little anecdotes at first. I've been gypped. She pulled a bait and switch on me. My wife was Ooh. so affectionate and sexy before marriage. Now she won't even let me touch her. Our lovemaking... <laughs> I hate that word. Our lovemaking <laughs> happens only occasionally, and it's very empty. Her body is there, but her spirit isn't. Well, Chad. <laughs> uh, call her a pillow princess next time. Okay. Uh, I feel deprived and neglected. I'm an easygoing guy, but my wife makes me feel like an evil sex maniac. We've been married over 15 years. I don't know how much longer I can take this. I don't know what's wrong. It's like she's turned stone cold. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells all the time and I never get my needs met. Surely this isn't how marriage is supposed to be. I always dreamed sexual sexual relations would be part of a happy and healthy marriage. Now I'm married, but it's nothing like I thought it would be. Well, Chad, okay, did you Chad. put any gas in the tank first? Or did you just take it out, like, did you just take it out for a rip without rip. any gas in the tank? <laughs> <laughs> Canadianism is digesty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so educational in all sorts of ways. Um, Just learning y'all new things. <laughs> uh, our intellectual knowledge must go deeper. <laughs> we must shift our focus from the evils and warnings regarding sex to the proper and divine role of sexual intimacy in our lives. So also this guy, okay. I know she's talking to women in this book, which I'm just like, okay, you can't have a sexual intimacy book and only focus on the woman. I was just going to say, there's nothing bringing up that there's like something that the man can contribute to the relationship. It's all about get over your good girl complex and blah, blah, blah. Like there's it's still shaming the woman. It's a hundred percent. It's still first we're slut shamed. And now we're, fault. we're shamed for being too prudish. Like we can never yeah. win ever. Yeah. And the fact that this is written by a woman, I'm like, okay, come on. Yeah. And she's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like, Chad, have you ever, do you know where your vacuum cleaner is? Have you ever, have you ever like helped out with the household chores? You know what's, do you know what's real sexy? I don't want to think. <laughs> <laughs> real sexy is a man who gives his kids bath time and puts them to bed. Like that is mommy porn. Just <laughs> saying, like, don't be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not saying that there's not good dads out there but mm -hmm. oh but like you know that whole thing where it's like he put the kids to bed and they get applauded for doing like oh he was a parent oh yeah yeah like, yeah um, i know last night pal was like oh i filled up the dishwasher for you <laughs> and my six-year-old was like good job mommy does it every day <laughs> <laughs> good for you i was like good boy <laughs> <laughs> he was sassy last night. I'm not sure what's going on with him. Uh, all right. So the professor of a child development class at BYU-Idaho was lecturing on the importance of using correct terms for parts of the body when teaching children about sex and morality. He went on to identify the correct terms for the reproductive parts of the body. During this portion of the class, a returned missionary raised his hand to indicate he believed the spirit was offended by the words being used. He had confused his discomfort and negative conditioning associated with the words with the spirit being offended. Church leaders have counseled us on the importance of using correct terms. Who's Do you know why mm. that we use correct terms with children? 
So if they're ever abused, they can actually identify what happened to them. It has nothing to do with spiritual, religious, blah, blah, blah. It's literally a protection technique so that you can actually ask your child, did they touch your penis? Because when we, and we name the parts, we like my boys know what their testicles are. They know what their penis is. So if somebody touches them inappropriately, they don't just say, uh, my wee wee. And it was like close to the area. Like we know specifically, like, I have said multiple times, don't touch your brother's penis. (laughs) (laughs) Things you never thought you'd say. (laughs) Uh, Don't touch the dog's penis. Don't touch your brother's penis. (laughs) The rules of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She goes on to, let's see. She talks about sex is sacred and ordained of God. (sighs) But only Uh, within the confines of that heteronormative monogamous relationship oh, oh she uh she quotes the family proclamation so oh, well. she just calls it the proclamation let's look more closely at the words used in the proclamation means is the method or way something is brought about divinely means godlike holy sacred spiritual exalted appointed is defined as determined established prescribed okay you you have a dictionary if we put this together we see that the means or way that mortal life is created the sex act is divinely appointed priests prescribed decreed or required by god making a sacred godly holy and even sanctifying in other words god approves it feels like she's very much trying to convey to women it doesn't matter that you were told now you need to put on your big girl panties and have sex with your husband because it's a beautiful wonderful thing without giving i mean we haven't even really gotten into the book yet but there's no communication of like how it could be better for the woman or how she might be so the the next chapter is actually about female in let's see just a second let me make sure right the symphony of the the symphony of the female sexual response part one. That's going to oh. be our next one. Oh god, Just I can't wait for that. For you. Oh. Um, yeah, so. Let's just buy the book She Comes First and take it out of its dust jacket and put it in this one's dust jacket and then show women how actually they can like enjoy sex. Just yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny that like uh, her audience is women and I'm just, I just can't get over that. That She just is like, Oh it, yeah, we've had negative conditioning from the church and you know, it's perfectly normal, but like you said, put on your big girl panties and just, you know, it's ordained of God. It's a yeah. beautiful thing. We don't care if you're like sexual, like uh, discomfort and, um, what is there's like um, a syndrome? What is that? I'm trying to think of it where like wh- like warm, not warming up the tank, but also like some women just physically like they 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 resist penetration, mm-hmm. and it's just something that, like like it's pain and sex is painful for them. Yeah, they need like a weed gummy. <laughs> yeah. No, so, but they're they're abs- they're absolutely there's women's women's bodies are so complicated and there and so many women have different anatomies from others and yeah sometimes there's different things that are needed in order for that woman to feel good right yeah. and i Not find it <laughs> like, 
Like we never, we never really in the church, we never discussed like the mental load of a woman because she's a wife, she's a mother, she's a home cleaner, she's a cook, she's a chauffeur. It's a very heavy mental load. And now we're adding to this like, oh, by the way, your husband's not satisfied. So we're going to add to this mental load of you need to unlearn all this stuff. And it's up to you to fix what's wrong with you. It's not a couple thing. It's not working it out. It's your fault. And That's I, exactly what I'm getting from this. The tone of this book is yeah. that she's putting the blame on the woman. Like 100%. you need to step it up and you need to just realize that this is about God. This is about your relationship with God and your husband. It's not just about you. Yeah. It's not, it's not about you. Just forget about that. Like, yeah. yes, been negatively. Like once again, you're submitting to the fact that you're not the priority in this family, in this union. <laughs> Like, and especially because I'm sure this book came out before the changes were made where you covenanted to your husband who covenanted to God because that was not that long ago. Yeah, this was, I mean, I I was at Barnes, uh, no, 2004. Yeah, so like right after I was married to my ex. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so you consent, you covenanted to your husband who covenanted God. So it's adding to that mental load of, you're not important. Your needs don't matter. You need to fix yourself in order to be a good wife and a good mother and a good follower of Christ. Which I hate. <laughs> I hate yeah. it so much. Like, <sighs> Anyway, on that note, um, <laughs> we will shelve this for a little bit and yeah. we'll, we'll come back to it. And we're going to talk about the symphony of female orgasms apparently i don't know oh i doubt she uses the word orgasm <laughs> Let's see. Does she? Um, i i would be shocked if she did maybe she does maybe she uses it in like a clinical way but did you see there was a tiktok of a comedian who's also a doctor and this woman came into the emergency room talking about like something that had happened while she was having sex with her husband <laughs> and the community was like I had the best day of my life I got to diagnose her with her first orgasm <laughs> oh she does oh yeah I did does that. she? she says me